0: and welcome to another Newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case. Today, as ever, I'm joined by our Head of Legal Training, Richard Snape. So you're with me today, Richard, to talk about the Milton Keynes Council and Wiltshire case. Uh, It's a High Court case, um, which the the judgment came through on the 23rd of March surrounding adverse possession. So do you want to start by refreshing people's memories on adverse possession and giving us some of the background on the case?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought it would be a good one because, um, and I don't think we, we haven't talked about adverse possession in, in courses or podcasts and news flashes. And it does depend to some extent on its facts, but as the name suggests, it all involves some land just outside to the southwest of Milton Keynes, uh, a place called Two Mile Ash Farm. And next, next to it, there's a, there was a traveller's site, uh, Calverton uh, Lane traveller's site. And uh, Mr. Wilshire uh, um, sort of occupied the, the, part of the, um, the caravan site, the, the traveller's site. He was a Romani gypsy, and he was pr- apparently born there in 1984. Uh, his father had occupied a premises on this traveller's site since 1980. Uh, his father was named Joseph, but uh, I can't see anywhere throughout the law report that mentions uh, Mr. Wilshire's first uh, name. So I don't know if it was particularly strange first name. you wanted to be quiet or not. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Milton Keynes Council were the paper owners of the site, and um, they uh, they'd uh, succeeded to the land from uh, Buckinghamshire uh, County Council some many years previously. So it's on the just off the A5, apparently, you know, Watling Street. In this particular farm, uh, there were three fields that uh, Mr Wilshire was um, grazing livestock, mainly horses, but also some sheep on this particular piece of land, and he and his father seemed to have done so, no one's quite sure when it started, but um, certainly no later than uh, 1990 and probably in the early 1980s and uh, eventually Milton Keynes uh, wanted to be rid of them and uh, went to court to get an injunction claiming that they were trespassers and they put up this defence of adverse possession and also um, to a lesser extent to a much lesser extent a a proprietary estoppel which perhaps I can briefly mention.
0: So what is the law around adverse possession?
1: Well it's uh, this particular case was um, it was the the title to the the farm was registered uh, which a lot of farms still to this day aren't, but uh, this one, this particular one was. Uh, and the law changed dramatically with the Land Registration Act of 2002, when that came into force on October the 13th, 2003. Um, but uh, they were claiming under the pre-2003 law, uh, and uh, you claim 12 years adverse possession of pretty much the same as unregistered is to this day. Uh, you can claim 12 years adverse possession in relation to the land and um, in registered land again if the claim was pre you know dates back to occupation (coughs) pre-2003 it'll be held on trust for you the section 75 of the land registration which doesn't apply post uh, 2003 claims Um, and so that's what they were claiming they were claiming that that, uh, they had adverse possession of land under the previous the older law uh shall i go into the sort of when you can claim adverse possession Yeah, yeah, I think that would be useful. Well, the the judge uh, quoted quite a few cases, actually, some of the standard cases. Um, Perhaps the one that laid down the sort of stages to adverse possession was a case called Powell and McFarlane in 1979, and it was sort of summarised, if that's the right word, because it broke down into 10 stages in a case called Food Converters and Newell in 2018. Uh, The gist of it is the starting point, is the paper owner of the land, the person who shows up on title as the land, is the, is the one who possesses the land. And it's up to you if you want to claim that first possession to show otherwise. You've also got to, i did not going really to deal with this in the case, but you've got to possess to the exclusion of the paper owner. You can't jointly occupy the land. Uh, but outside that, there's the two-stage process. There's a, a sort of, you have to show factual possession and an intention to possess. Uh, and Corpus possessionis and animus possedendi, if you remember, Lizzie, uh, from your Latin. Uh, they don't say that in your either, but uh, I quite like it. Um, they, uh, factual possession is you, you're, you're in control of the land, if you like. You're treating the land as if it's your own. You don't have to think it's your own, but you're treating it as, as if it's your own, which is a question of fact and depends very much on the circumstances. Hence, a lot of this tends to be evidential. And an intention to possess the land, again, doesn't mean to say you think it's yours, but you intend to use the land in a way, well, as if it was yours, if you like. You intend to exclude all others from the land, including the paper owner. Uh, I remember there was a case, um, in been several cases on things like intention to possess. There was a uh, case called Batten-Adams in, in um, 2001 which said that you know, fencing is obviously evidence of you know, question, uh, you know, control of the land, factual possession, and also an intention to possess. And uh, they, uh, but if you're fencing to just keep the livestock in, that's probably not enough. But if you're fencing to keep other people, third parties out, that probably is enough. Yeah. And you've also got to show factual possession. You know, you're using the land in the same way as if, you would, you know, if, if it was your land. And uh, another case they quoted was a a case called uh, Boozy and Davis, 1998. Good name, Mr. Boozy, Um, where all you were doing is sort of grazing uh, goats on this particular occasion on the land. And um, uh, you were sort of not putting, up fencing, but maintaining and strengthening the existing fences. That wasn't enough. There was another case I remember, quite a famous one. 1977 which uh, doesn't actually feature in the in the report which surprised me uh, a case called uh, red house farms and catchpole where they said if all it is is a piece of marshland which is sort of separated from neighboring land by a river uh, and all you're doing is you know they were were shooting uh, wildfowl on this particular piece of marshland for many a year and that was a successful claim you know if it's if it's only useful as marshland that's enough to claim adverse possession so those are some of the factors to take into account um, uh, for pre-2003 claims, to some extent, as were perhaps mentioned uh, post-2003 as well.
0: So what factors were applicable in the Milton Keynes and Wilshire case?
1: Well, they, there was various things that seemed to have been going on from various dates. So, so there was the um, the uh, keeping horses. The horses were sort of running freely, it seems, but occasionally tethered and, and also some sheep. And they dragged up... Uh, People who claimed that they, you know, one woman, for instance, when she walked to and from school past this these fields can remember distinctly in the early 1980s, you know, horses being in this land. And somebody else they, they brought in uh, remembers uh, sometime in the mid 1990s picking up a dead horse uh, from the land, as you do, I suppose. I think he was official. You know, I mean, it wasn't just sort of a member of the public, I think it was off to the knacker's yard. And What uh, Mr Uh, Wilshire had been doing as well is, uh, well his his father, Joseph Wilshire, uh, had uh, put a, there was a stream across the land and they'd uh, erected a a concrete uh, bridge across this land and uh, Wilshire put up gates, uh, locked gates, padlock gates, which is always good evidence of adverse possession. He put a sign up eventually, no one's quite sure when, saying that, you know, this is private property, keep out, uh, with a picture of a galloping horse on it, uh, and done various other things besides, remove ragwort, which as you know Lizzie is poisonous to horses, and maintained fences, and all these other things, and quite a few other things besides. It also had a, when his father had died in 2004, they had a wake uh, on the land with 2,000 people. And he'd also done things like uh, uh, allowed people to camp on this land. Um, Detracting from that is that the council um, sent a surveyor around uh, in 2007 uh, to inspect the land prior to, to letting it out of the farm business tenancy and didn't seem to see the horses, although he did see the bridge and the likes. And it was actually let out between 2009 and 17 uh but uh the the tenant farmer uh decided he couldn't stop these people grazing on the land and like so he just gave up on it hence eventually uh you know when lincoln's when wanted to presumably relet this land although it's not seen it's not very sort of clear why the, the dispute finally arose they wanted to claim that uh he was a trespasser okay so what was the the decision then well the judge decided that uh, again it's very much evidential but all the evidence pointed towards there being adverse possession for 12 years at least before before the 2003 changes to the law and so they succeeded they failed on the estoppel claim the estoppel claim would be based on the fact you think it's your land and the um the the council have encouraged you in that belief and they court decided that uh, Mr Wilshire didn't actually think it was his land at any stage, Uh, so that part of it failed but that was fairly irrelevant because they they successfully claimed the adverse possession anyway. Uh,
0: What's the law in relation to registered land now?
1: Well in registered land um, it all changed on when the 2002 Land Registration Act 2000 uh, came into force on October the 13th 2003, a strange date for a piece of legislation to come into force October the 13th it was actually here's a bit of news Lizzie the 50th anniversary of the then chief Landry's Shaw's birthday and it was his, the 50th birthday I should say of the chief Landry's job that's why they brought it into force in that day I'd like something like that um, but uh looks like it's not to be um but uh they, uh you have to show adverse possession um and it's not suddenly hold trust for you. Uh, but uh, if you've been adversely possessing the land and you know, the definition of adverse possession is exactly the same as we've just been talking about, uh, then you can make a claim within 10 years uh, to the land registry. Um, but the land registry will contact the, the, the registered proprietor who's got uh, 65 days to, to object. Uh, if they don't object then you get your adverse possession if they do you've got to show one or more of three types of uh, occupation if you like adverse possession one is where you had the reason to believe it was your land anyway you know for instance something's happened something's gone wrong in the conveyancing process it was transferred to you but you were never registered as proprietor or you know you inherited you know will or whatever it's never vested in you it happens more than people might imagine actually or there's an estoppel you've been encouraged to believe it's your land and you know acted to your detriment as a consequence that might have been a possibility here or um you've made a reasonable mistake as to the boundaries you have genuine reason to believe that the boundaries are in the wrong place um, but outside that, if there is an objection to the claim, you'd, you'd fail on the adverse possession claim. In unregistered land, it's pretty much the same. And I so say this case is still significant in discussing you know, when you can actually bring a ten, uh, claim after ten years for adverse possession. So that's it. You know, animus possidendi in a corpus
0: possessionis. Excellent. Thank you very much, Richard.
1: My pleasure, Lizzie.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Unpacking the Case. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode.